Welcome again to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am Kenny Rotter. Today we have another prequel episode for you guys. I actually really like this one. It was the first podcast I recorded on my cell phone. We had some technical difficulties. It was at a somewhat crowded bar outside. You can hear some music playing. Uh, If you're curious as to what songs they are, it is Bon Jovi's Wanted, Dead or Alive, also some Pour Some Sugar on Me, a Luke Bryan song, and then Tom Petty's Free Falling, so I hope you guys like the soundtrack to this episode. But it is with Mickey Larm, and me and Mickey talk a lot about Spider-Man and Dragon Ball Z. Also, he is a men's physique competitor, so we talk a little bit about that. I do think this episode illustrates how far we've come from where we began. I do really like it, so I hope you do too. Enjoy! In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice, I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just four kicks. DM says you're gonna die, roll a D6. We're here in beautiful Cottonwood, Arizona. Um, the weather is amazing. 87 degrees is a lot better than the 110 it was when I left Phoenix. It's really nice to be. Mickey, you are a... What would you describe what you do when you compete? Like, what is your type of competition that you compete in? I'm a men's physique competitor. Um, and it's uh, fairly new. Um, I, I believe it started in like 2011. Um, it was... It was met with uh, it was uh, it was met with a with a little bit of negativity from a lot of the bodybuilders when it first came out, but it's really gaining headway, um, and the promoters really love it because there's so many people now that are that are getting interested in the bodybuilding community. Because honestly, I don't think I would have ever did a bodybuilding show. But when I heard about men's physique, um, I really got uh, enveloped in the whole, in the whole bodybuilding community and. Um, I think that Men's Physique has brought a lot of people into it because of that. And so, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's basically, um, the, the best way I can describe Men's Physique is uh, a beach body contest. Um, okay. board shorts. Um, and yeah. it's it, not getting absolutely 2 to 3% body fat shredded like a, a bodybuilder would be. It's somewhere more around the lines of 5 to 6%. And uh, it's just, uh, it's all about proportionality, you know. You don't want to be too big, and uh, you don't want to be too small. You want to keep everything as proportional as possible. It's kind of like like the 1970s bodybuilding. It was more about proportionality rather than okay. just being absolutely massively huge. And what and which I really kind of like because that's my goal is is to be proportional and, and have uh, just a great physique. You know, I'm not too concerned with just being ginormously huge. Yeah, you know? right. So. Well, and it's. I know the Olympia competition today, it's dudes who are huge, incredibly ripped, so big that it doesn't look attractive Right. to a lot of people. I'm sure there's people that find that attractive, but I'm sure what you're doing... Are there other levels? Because I know in, in women's, there's swimsuit, there's figure, and then there's bodybuilding, what we all think of when we think of bodybuilding. Is there a similar stratification in men's, or is it just bodybuilding physique? Yeah, right now it's just bodybuilding and men's physique. There's no, there's no in between right now. 
Um, I did see, I, I don't know too much about it yet, but I know that the WBFF, when they do their men's physique, they wear... Real quick, what's the WBFF? It's another it's another organization like IBFF or, or okay, NPC. Yeah. They uh, wear really short shorts during the competition, so they show off their legs, which I think is really important, and I hope that that evolves and changes into becoming men's physique. I think that if you're showing off your physique, that's... That's part of your physique is your legs, yeah. and that's been that was my biggest disappointment with men's physique is wearing board shorts because, you know, I work hard on leg days, you know, absolutely, I, you know, put myself to three days of pain, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's you're talking three days of pain the day you're doing it, and then the two days sores after it, or do you work three days legs? No, in a no, row? yeah, the, the I, you know, one day of legs, and then the next two days I'm just absolutely sore. So sore. Yeah, but I, today was leg day, and my legs are dead. But Jeremy and I were actually talking about this. In a, in a physique competition, you get to wear the board shorts. You don't have to wear necessarily, you know, the man's thong. But it hides, I mean, not not the entire leg, obviously, but just the quads, the hamstrings, which are two huge components. And I think that quads and hamstrings show a lot more than just what you do to your calves. Right. It takes a lot more work to have symmetrical quads and hamstrings than symmetrical calves. Yes. Yeah. And uh, granted, I mean, uh, working your calves is uh, getting them to a nice proportional size is, is hard enough. You know, if if men's physique is all about proportionality, I think that the legs should be included because you know that's part of your proportion. It, I, another thing that I that I love about men's physique is not only did it introduce me to the bodybuilding community, but I realized that there's other you know there's a bantam weight, lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, and super heavies. And so oh, wow. um, I feel like uh, you know one day once I get um, I gain a little bit more size. I love to enter in the middleweight bodybuilding shows because you know it's then I can be maintain the size I want to be, and not only will I be able to show off my legs, but I'd be able to you know come up with a routine. And there's a whole lot more that goes into winning a, a bodybuilding show instead of just standing in front of a judge, you know, doing a front pose and a back pose. So oh yeah, yeah. I I would like to someday do a bodybuilding show. Have you seen Pumping Iron? Yes. Okay. Multiple times. Okay, multiple times. Uh, I just finished my first viewing of it earlier this week, and I love how it starts out with Arnold Schwarzenegger, for people who don't haven't seen Pumping Iron, doing ballet. Yes. And working on his poses. Yeah. And the transitions between flexes. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's awesome, and there's so much more involved in... A bodybuilding competition than just being huge. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is really cool, and it's a dream of mine to enter a men's physique competition because I'm not gonna enter a standard bodybuilding competition. That's just not. It's not in the cards for me. That is something that's been. I don't know what's really holding me back, but I know something is. Uh, I think it's just fear. And I think I, if I sign up, I'll start training for it. You know, that's how it is. So what made you want to start training for this competition? Well, when I first started uh, working out about three years ago, um, you know, I was in no condition to be competing. But as I started getting better shape, I wanted to find something. That's something that I read in my, you know, when I was studying for my uh, ACE personal training certification is uh, um, finding intrinsic motivation, motivation within yourself. You know, uh, because that is more uh, solidified. It helps keep you motivated. It helps keep you going for longer periods of time. In, yeah, absolutely. In the gym. 
I heard about these men's physique competitions and I thought that was a perfect way for me to stay motivated on my goals. Um, because I don't lift to be a men's physique competitor, I lift for myself, but that men's physique fits along the lines of what I want to be physically. So okay. um, yeah. the main reason why I joined the men's physique competition is I wanted something to, uh, I, I wanted a goal to shoot for to uh, to maintain my, my awesome work ethic, work ethic in, the, uh, in the gym. Okay, yeah, excellent. So you said three years ago is when you started getting involved in this and getting more fit. We had a, co- a little bit of a conversation earlier where you were not the most physically fit guy three, four years ago. Right, exactly. I um, I always played sports in high school, and I was you know I was fairly fit, never big, always a little guy. Then I kind of just let it go. I focused on other things and gained a lot of weight. I was about 170 pounds, 24, 25% body fat. You know, a little over three years ago, I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I was like, I can't believe that I let myself go this far. And um, I didn't have a gym membership at the time, and I didn't really have the money for a gym membership. So I just started doing body weight stuff. My dad saw me get motivated, and he gave me his Bowflex. And I, I just worked out on my Bowflex okay. every day until my mom got me a Christmas, uh, for Christmas got me a gym membership. And then it's just been all downhill from there. And I, I trained six to seven days a week ever since. So That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's been... It's been wonderful, and I feel so much better because of it. And was there any specific catalyst, like anything that you can pick out that you can remember, or was it just looking in the mirror and saying, I don't like what I see? That was one of the main reasons. I, I know there was a lot of uh, other reasons. You know, I um, I was about to have a son, and I want... One of my biggest things is I always looked up to my dad um, my whole life, and um, I really wanted my son to look up to me, and so I thought I would set a good example, not only being... You know, having good work ethic and, and being smart and, and, and being knowledgeable, but also being very physically fit because I think that fitness is very important in life. You know, it's uh, you know, your body has got to be one of the most important things in your life because it it's you. You know, oh, so, absolutely. Um, you know, I really wanted my that yeah, I wanted my son to look up to me, and I think that uh, you know, that was one of my biggest motivations when he was when he was born. He used to sit in his little his little wheelie thing to uh, watch me watch me work out on my bowflex and stuff and. And now he's two, and uh, he'll pick up like one or two pound dumbbells and, and go one, two, three, and, and curl Aww. and stuff. So it's it, it's really heartwarming to see that it's already having an effect on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know one of our one of the guys that's involved in dumbbells and dragons just had a kid a year ago, and that's one of the reasons why he's wanted to go on this what we call our fitness odyssey is because he's like I really want my son to pick up good habits, and the only way he's going to do that is if I show him those habits. Yeah. Uh, so that's been really big in him, and I see that's really had an effect on you. So what gets you up in the morning? What keeps you going to the gym six to seven days a week for the past three years? Um, well, uh, I think the, the biggest thing for me is, uh, well, now it's all the hard work that I've put in it so far, um, I just, that fear of, of being average. I don't, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be average. I'm not saying that average is, is, is bad for, for people, but it's not what I personally want. And so um, that fear of being average, that fear of letting myself down, but most importantly, letting down the people who support me. Um, I have uh, uh, quite a few followers on, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter and all that. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, they. Uh, I feel like a lot of those people look up to me. A lot of people have said that I've inspired them, and um, you know, I really just don't want to let those people down. 
And I think that's probably one of the biggest motivations for me. Uh, I want to share something with you. So when I started, I went through some personal stuff early, late last year and earlier this year. I was getting ready for a family vacation in Hawaii. I just, I was like, I'm going to kick shit into gear. And I just started going to the gym every morning, 5 a.m. Like, no rest days. If I wasn't lifting something, I was doing cardio. Or I was working core. Or I was stretching or foam rolling. All days was, was work days. I would post every time I was at the gym. After a few months, people were Facebooking me and messaging me and texting me and they're like thank you for posting all your workouts because if you can get up at 5 a.m or 4 a.m to beat the gym at 5 a.m five days a week i can go to the gym after work three days a week which is three three more days than i'd been doing before or hey when you get up for the gym tomorrow can you text me with this and wake me up so i so i do something as well Whenever somebody tells me, like, thank you, or hey, your post meant something to me today, I just want to do it more. They inspire me to keep up what I'm doing so that they can keep up what they're doing. And these people in my life making their change keeps me, you know, moving forward. Keeps me moving forward. And it's awesome. And I can tell that you have, you had a similar experience with these other people, like your Twitter followers, your Instagram followers, like they rely on you and you rely on them. And it's awesome. Such a cool relationship that I'm just now getting into. Right. It, it really is. And when I first started, I, I'll be honest, when I, when I would post pictures of my results, I, it, I was doing it because I, maybe, maybe it was a, a little vain of me and I didn't really see it any other way. Um, I was doing it for the hearts, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. Um, they, they fed me. But when I really started to see people, like you said, messaging and, and commenting and saying things like that, I realized what kind of a, you know, I've become a role model, almost accidentally. It, it all just changed from there, and that's what became my motivation. And uh, now, now, even though I still, I, I do, you know, I post my progress and stuff like that, but my main goal now for my social media is trying to motivate others and trying to get people up and going and, and get into the fitness community because, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just what I'm all about now. So yeah. it, it, it's kind of crazy how that happened. Oh, absolutely. I can totally see that. And that's actually really selfless and noble of you because a lot of people could be like, no, I'm going to keep working out for myself and you people do whatever. But, like, I spent two and a half hours at the gym this morning training one of my friends who had never used dumbbells because she was afraid of them. And I'm like, you are missing a whole aspect of fitness. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, yeah, machines are great. Barbells are great. Cables are great. You're missing a whole other realm of what you could be doing to get you to where you want to be faster. What's your, do you have, like, a personal mantra that keeps you going? Or is it just, like... Better than I was yesterday. Oh, I love it. Yes, I. Uh, it's uh, something that I think about constantly, um, and every time I'm in the gym, um, I always make sure that my workout was harder than the one yesterday. You know, my arm workout. I'm gonna go a little bit heavier. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, because I put clips on it, and that's a little bit of extra weight. As long as it's heavier, or if I get that extra rep in, or I get that extra set in, that's what's really important. So yeah, better than I was yesterday. I like it. I like it. That's awesome. And you know, that's just. That's the only person you're competing against. Yeah. 
is who you were yesterday. Yeah. I still run like mud runs, tough mudders, Spartan races, and my goal is 50 before I'm 50. Nice. Or at least 50 tough mudders before I'm 50. My first race was by far my best. We ran it in two hours and 40 minutes because I was with three marathon runners. But since then, I've run with people who are in shape, out of shape. They've told me, they're like, I'm so scared that I won't be able to... What if, what if I fail at mile three? And I'm like, the next year we fail at mile four. Big deal. Right. But there's, like, there's no negative consequences there. Guess what? We, we, we go through four miles. Next year we'll go through five. And every single person I've ever run with, everybody is finished. And see, and, and even if even if you only made it to mile three uh, and you just completely were worn out, um, I don't really consider that failing. If you, because to me, failing is refusing to try again. So oh, if you try again, it, it's not failure. It's you know, it, it, it's it's just it's not failure at all. I no, what else to call it? It's you know, as long as you keep trying and keep getting up and keep doing it again. You're not a failure at all. Yeah. And a lot of people don't don't realize that. They think if they don't finish, then they fail. But, you know, it's only if you don't go back and do it again next year. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I was talking with somebody, I want to say it was on Thursday, who the quote was, the pain you feel physically is nowhere near the pain you're going to feel from quitting. Or it was, it was, it's, it's actually coming to me now. It doesn't matter how much pain you're in, and whether that pain fades in a day, a week, a month, a year, eventually that physical pain is going to quit. The pain of not trying is going to stick with you forever. Yes, I've heard that exact same one. In fact, um, you were talking about what kind of music I listen to in the gym, and uh, I, I, one of the one of the main things I listen to is motivational um, speeches. Uh, one in particular, Muscle Prodigy. Uh, he, it's just like a whole album of motivational speakers fr- that are in the fitness world, and uh, it's so amazing to listen to. Because when I listen to it and I hear something like that, I get that extra set in, or I get that extra rep in, and I don't stop until it's failure. Spoken word. Uh, yeah, it's spoken word with um, some, you know, like. Uh, some motivational music, like some pump up music, or okay, or, it, like know, behind it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's just really great. I didn't, I never thought I would actually like that in the gym, but when I listen to it in the gym, um, okay. I think that's what pumps me up the most. You know? Really? Yeah. Uh, when I'm feeling the, the not not the most uh, fired up, if I'm real fired up, I'll you know I'll throw on some rock music or some rap music and you know really sure. get into my workouts. Before we leave, I want you to text me that. I want to link to it so anyone else who wants something similar can find it and get it for themselves. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I think that's going to be really important. And that's actually something maybe I would find beneficial to me. Because right now I've had the same gym mix for a while with some songs taken out over the past few years. I mean, it's changed since I first made it, but it's all pretty much the same stuff. It's either pop, rap, or rock. It's actually really cool. I've never actually thought about that, the spoken word. Motivational speeches. I think the music, the background music behind it, is what really is. It goes so well with it, and it's you know there are, each song is different, and each you know uh, it's usually it, it's the same speaker, the same couple of speakers, and uh, they are ex football, ex basketball players, uh, so they know what it's like to go through that. They know what it's like to 
to feel just completely dead and tired, like you can't go on, but you know that you have to keep pushing yeah. to get where you want to be. I have two questions. Number one, did you ever listen or watch Michael Jordan's retirement or Hall of Fame speech? No, I have never heard it. Pretty motivational, but it was pretty... I might edit this out, but it was kind of fucked up. He was like, yeah, I did this all myself. Everyone told me I couldn't do it. I couldn't be the best. And now look at me. And I'm like, okay, there's a point for that. But there's also... You didn't get there alone. Yeah. There were ten other guys on your championship teams, man. And a coach. And a front office. But I can kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess, like, the work, you know, he put in. Um, but, yeah, you got it. You have to give respect to the people who help you because, yeah, I could say that I did it on my own, but I had it. You know, I did have help. And no matter how small, you know, whether it's someone saying, hey, keep it up, you know, that's help right there. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, and uh, yeah, you can't forget that. You cannot forget that. And I understand that, you know, he got cut from his JV team, and, you know, a lot of people doubted him. But that doesn't mean shut out the people. You know. Well, yeah, and it all, it's also, like, even for me, it's, it's, when I get up to go to the gym at 4 a.m., it could be very easily for my girlfriend to be like, no, stay in bed, because she doesn't get up at 4 a.m., she works out after work, but instead she says, all right, wake me up when you get back, and that's support, people on Facebook saying, thank you for inspiring me, yeah. you know, keep, keep it up, buddy of mine from L.A., we both work out at LA Fitness, and he checked in about the same time I did. And I was like, in the middle of my workout, I was like, hey man, it's been really awesome working out with you this morning. And I was like, you want to get another set in? And he's like, sure. And so it was just that kind of like, I knew you were at the gym, you knew I was at the gym, so let's work out together 600 miles apart. And it was, it was awesome motivation. It was like, you get in that extra set, you get in that extra rep, you, you grab the bigger weights which I think whatever you need to get you there is awesome. Obviously, there's a nerd component to Dumbbells and Dragons, which is kind of my what I love about it. And that's actually how I met Jeremy from Flex Comics, is we were talking about comic books and weightlifting. And so how did you get into comic book superheroes? My first comics uh, and my favorite superhero was Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, and uh, I remember always, every time we go out and play with my friends, jumping on chain fences sideways or trying to just act like Spider-Man and trying to do aerobic stuff, and, and for a while I was doing parkour because I wanted to, I wanted to feel like I was Spider-Man. I, I always wanted to emulate what they could do, and uh, in a way they were really motivating to keep me going. Uh, with all the fitness stuff that I did, you know, um, I wanted to be like them so much. Um, uh, what really kicked off my weightlifting? I started actually started weightlifting in eighth grade, and that was because I was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. Um, yeah, I absolutely love Dragon. I still love Dragon Ball Z. In fact, I went and watched the new movie in theaters because I I love that show. I'm a horrible person. I didn't even know it was out. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw, like, are we talking about, like, recently? Yeah. Okay. I remember there was an, a movie that came out a few years ago that I saw that was the live-action movie. Oh, yeah. I thought that was horrible. No offense to that. No, totally, <laughs> totally might agree, and I'm not going to lie, this is going to get into my nerdiness a little bit. 
the only reason I watched it was because the bad guy was played by James Marsters, who played Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is my all-time favorite television show. It's my dad's. Me and your dad would get along. We would hang out. Okay, so n- number one, more about Dragon Ball Z, and number two, how'd you find? How what did you think about the movie? I heard about the movie actually a long time ago because I followed Dragon Ball Z pretty closely, and uh, I I was actually um, nostalgically watching some of the older shows, and I went through the entire GT series again, and I was looking up information, and I saw that. Kiri Toriyama came out with a new movie, and it was only in Japanese, but I didn't care. By the way, Dragon Ball Z in Japanese isn't the greatest. I I love, I, I also like animes, and I like to watch them in Japanese, um, but all of the voices are just awful. I think it's because I'm used to English, but they're all really high-pitched, and, and Goku sounds like a little girl. Uh, so, <laughs> That's so, really cool. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, in, in, in reading subtitles isn't the same because it doesn't translate over completely. Um, but when I went and watched it in theaters, it was awesome. I loved the movie. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I gave it another chance because it was really funny. Um, it was really well animated. Um, a lot of people uh, make fun of Dragon Ball Z because the power-ups take so long. and like it, But you got to remember the animation was from like 1990. Oh, yeah. Uh, so now that they've redone it up, and the movie was actually so popular in Japan that he's making another series. He okay. never liked the GT series, and so he's canceling that out and starting fresh from the end of the Majin Buu saga. So I'm really excited to see that come out. Uh, unfortunately, in English, it's probably not going to be out for a while because he's still writing it for Japan. But uh, I'm super stoked about that coming out. That's awesome. Yeah. That's excellent. Uh, what got you into Dragon Ball Z? Just um, I, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I think, I, you know, when I was... I was come home from school and it would be coming on half hour after I got home from school and I you know I watched an episode um, and I immediately fell in love with it because they were just I mean Goku and all of them were just so awesome like they were so powerful and you know righteous and uh, I wanted and that I always wanted to be that kind of person you know I always wanted to be you know, the buff guy, because I've always been the real skinny little guy, um, and, and I short, shortly after I started working out in, in uh, eighth grade, and um, I actually had the dips record, and I held it all the way to the last day of school, and someone broke it, um, sure. so I didn't I didn't get to keep it. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Nonetheless, uh, I guess uh, Dragon Ball Z is the original reason why I started getting into it, but yeah, I mean, I just... I guess I just saw an episode after school one day and was just hooked. Like, this is day. awesome. Yeah. yeah. What got you into Spider-Man? Anything in particular? Like, um, I think mostly because I related with him. How so? Um, well, um, always through school, I, you know, we moved around a lot, so I never had like that best friend. You know, growing up, I've always been kind of the outsider kid. You know, I'd had a couple friends, but I never had like a big you know, click of friends. Um, I was skinny little guy, um, you know, that I'd never, never completely fit in anywhere, and I always so desperately wanted it to be different. I wanted something to be just awesome about me, and, and then I fell upon some Spider-Man comics, and I, I felt like I closely related with Peter Parker, and uh, that it was just a, you know, a symbiotic relationship ever since then. <laughs> No a venomous, a venomous relationship, maybe. <laughs> That's why Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. He's the one I relate to the most. 
giant nerd, elementary school, middle school, high school, really came into my own in college. I could empathize with Peter Parker, getting made fun of, Flash beating him up, all that other stuff, never getting the girl, um, and then subsequently always getting the girl. Never really got that. <laughs> Damn you, Peter Parker. I know. I, got, uh, got Gwen Stacy, then he got Mary Jane, Black Cat. They just had them all. I know, right? See, you just need a superpower. Oh. <laughs> my, my girlfriend was like, so, because she was, she was in town for three weeks, she goes, so apparently a bunch of spiders moved in when I was in Phoenix, and one of them bit me, and I go, was it radioactive? <laughs> it's like my first question. You know, it, 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 that's really funny, because when I was younger, and I, you know, I really started getting into Spider-Man, um, I uh, used to go around into, underneath the house, or into the uh, little meter boxes, and catch spiders. Oh, yeah. Just hoping that one day I would get bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a smart choice. No. Not it, a smart choice, it was children. Not, it was not a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, it no, definitely was not. No. And now I'm completely terrified of spiders. It's funny how that happens. <laughs> that actually is really funny. You wouldn't expect that to happen. No. I will say there was one time I was driving. This was like two or three years ago. And I felt a bug bite on the back of my neck. And I immediately just did the... Instead of going, like, ow or whatever, I just thought, oh, man, I hope it's radioactive. <laughs> you just hope. Yeah, right? Like... Fiction happens for, like, a reason. Everything is based in some sort of fact, whether it be extrapolating on using metaphors and this, that, or the other thing, but it's possible. Yeah, I like to think that fantasy is just science that hasn't been discovered yet. Or magic has it's yeah. just science that hasn't been discovered yet. Right? One can hope. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What we usually ask a lot of people who come on DB&D is, what are you nerding out about? And you've kind of nerded out with us about your fitness. You've nerded out about us with us about Dragon Ball Z. Anything else going on that you're nerding out on? I guess uh, what I'm really nerding out about right now, uh, in the immediate future, there's a costume party at Main Stage, which is another place here in Cottonwood, and I'm so excited to bring out my Spider-Man costume that I custom made. Um, I'm working on puppy painting the webs, so it gives it a 3D look right now. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time. If I'm not in the gym, I'm working on my Spider-Man costume, putting on the final touches because I love every single chance I can get to wear that thing. That's awesome. Yeah. In fact, I'll be wearing it at the Europa Fitness Expo. So excellent. Yeah. Um, but also, Diablo Three: Reaper of Souls just came out. I don't oh. own it yet, but I have been replaying Diablo with my girlfriend um, because we both really love that game. So um, I'm super excited to purchase Reaper of Souls and check out the next act. Right. I have not played any of the Diablos, but I have seen the advertisements for Diablo 3, and it does look completely badass and amazing. I don't have any time to game, though. It's super depressing. I've had a very hard time finding time to game, too, and that's why... <laughs> I'll stay up. I, I, you know, I should go to bed at 10 o'clock, but I stay up because I just, even if I just get in one, one game of Call of Duty, you know, it, it, I gotta have something. There you go. But yeah, it's been really hard lately because I found myself. I was like, man, I, I bought a PlayStation 4 and I haven't really used it in the past six months. 
So now I've made it a point. I've made it a point to at least get a game in. Absolutely. Are you a first-person shooter type guy, or what's your game of choice? Uh, my game of choice. Uh, um, you know, I don't really have a game of, like one that I love to play in particular. Actually, no. Let me let me take that back. Uh, Assassin's Creed has probably been one of my favorite games to play. Um, I've been kind of disappointed with the last couple that came out, but I'm really excited for the Unity to come out. Yeah. Um, I just love the the open space and like the just the parkour running you get to do around the place. I just bought the Spider-Man game too, and uh, I love which one? Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, okay, the game. Okay, loosely, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. loosely based off the movie. It doesn't really follow the movie plotline, which I like. Um, but I love being Spider-Man because I will just swing around the city just to just to experience fun. it. Yeah, I won't even do any missions. I just like to swing around. I finished the last Spider-Man game I did was Web of Shadows, which was where you could go from being good Spider-Man to bad Spider-Man, debating on your choices that you made um, in the game, and you would be more the the suit would change to more Venom or regular Spider-Man. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Symbiote Spider-Man versus regular Spider-Man. Favorite suit, by the way, Symbiote Spider-Man. It's awesome. Agreed. But it's also, you know, tearing him apart from the inside. Yeah. Actually, I've really grown to love the Miles Morales' suit. Um, yeah? Yeah, it's really cool, the black and red. I don't know if you've, if you've delved into the comics at all. Not recently. Again, ashamedly. Yeah, it's uh, the Miles Morales. Uh, Peter Parker's dead. Um, Miles Morales' favorite... Uh, I guess real life hero to him was Spider-Man, and he got the chance to get his, his powers and became Spider-Man. He used it to become Spider-Man. And uh, how did he get the powers? Was he also bitten by a spider? Uh, or was... I, I don't know. I never got to read the first one. I I have a few of them, but he was already Spider-Man. Um, in fact, the last one that I got was uh, a Spider-Man from a different. And this is why I love multiverses. Spider-Man from a different multiverse comes over and finds that Peter Parker had died when he was still in high school. So he was fairly new Spider-Man. He wasn't even really good okay. Spider-Man. And Gwen Stacy was still alive. And Peter Parker sees Gwen Stacy for the first time since she died. And like the look the look on that they drew on his face, I mean it was it was awesome. It was really that was like one of my favorite comics oh, wow. him getting to see Gwen Stacy again because she was my favorite. No offense to Mary Jane, but Gwen Stacy was his perfect match. I mean she was smart and intelligent and I, yeah, I'm a Gwen Stacy yeah, team, team Stacy. Team Gwen Stacy. <laughs> I'll agree with you. I was, I was constantly rooting for Gwen Stacy, and then she died, and that made me sad. Bold move, and I love that they did it because they followed the storyline. It's hard to see her go, and she was a great, you know, you know, that's it's tough to do for a movie franchise to cut out one of their main characters, but I love that they stuck to their guns and they did it. You're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man too. Yeah. Spoiler alert for anyone who hadn't seen it, but that's fine. It's already out on DVD. Get over it. And I'm pretty sure that was the big thing that was coming. Yeah. Uh, Everyone kind of realized that. Well, that's if you what don't know doing. that, then you're not really a Spider-Man fan. Oh. Or, <laughs> well, people knew that Gwen Stacy died, but I don't know if people. In, I kind of expected it in Spider-Man 2 because Spider-Man 1 was the death of Captain Stacy, so then Spider-Man 2 is going to be yeah. death of Gwen Stacy. Have they introduced? Mary Jane yet in the Amazing Spider-Man series? She, the was reboot? Supposed, she was supposed to be in there somewhere, but not even in the credits because she. And, uh, it was like a, just like a cameo appearance where she walks by or something. Oh, okay. But she will be in the newest movie. But I love. I think one of my favorite things about Gwen Stacy is because it adds a whole new element 
to Peter Parker and his psyche and how he really evolves into Yeah. So. I'm with you. How did you feel about his role in the Civil War? Did you read that? Uh, when they did the Civil War seven or eight years ago? I, I saw that they did that. I never I never I never read that series, unfortunately. Um, Sorry. I would like to though. I I it's yes, I would definitely like to. I just, to <laughs> I just need to find a there's no comic book stores around here, so if I want comics I have to go to Phoenix or go to Flagstaff. It really it's kinda depressing. That is depressing. Are you a fan of the physical book in front of you? Because like you could get all of it yeah, ebooked. I I um I, I bought a few ebooks from Comicsology and I I it I, I like it because I mean with my iPad it's easy to read and easy to flip through. But I like having the physical hard copy of the of the comic. I don't know what it is. Be it comics or regular books, I prefer the physical thing in front of me. Have you? What other comics are you reading? Right now, um, if I, any. I have. I'm not currently reading any comics right now. Uh, I've been really busy with everything else that's going on. Are you on. training? Yeah, I've, yeah. I have, I've barely had time to even get games in, so it's it's been... Hey man, you, you got know, your priorities. But uh, I definitely want to get started on a new series. I just picked up a bunch of Deadpool comics that I have to, oh. I still have to read. I, uh, I, kind of involved, I kind of evolved as I grew older into an anti-hero lover because they do what they want, and that's kind of like my style. I like to do what I want. And not be for sure. Not having limitations, you know. Deadpool, Wolverine. He's not really an anti-hero. Kinda it's in his own aspect when he's solo a little bit. Um, Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. You know they they're, they're just all I don't know. It's kind of a cool kind of a cool concept, I guess, the anti-hero. Yeah, absolutely. Red Hood from uh, uh, Batman. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Deadpool. I'm a huge fan of Deadpool. He's hysterical. He does what he wants, and he's good at what he does. Yeah. Have you seen the wannabe trailer for the new movie? Yeah, where they did the... It was like the test. The yeah. Test. yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am Brian Reynolds. You're an awesome awesome actor, but I was really disappointed when you did Green Lantern. But Deadpool, I think, is amazing for it because he's got that loud mouth. And when he broke the fourth wall, I, I'm so excited for them to do that in the movie. And I, I feel like he portrayed it like so on point. I'm really excited about the Deadpool movie. In fact, I've been waiting for it since X-Men Origins. They first, I first saw the announcement on IMDb like shortly after Origins came out, Wolverine Origins, and um, I have been patiently waiting for it ever since. And when I finally saw that, that test video, I went ballistic. That was so happy. It was so awesome. Yeah. If I remember Origins, the Deadpool, wasn't his like, mouth sewed shut or yeah. something? Yeah, and this is what... Um, this is what happened. Ryan Reynolds was filming another movie at the time, and he wasn't available for the end of Wolverine, and they weren't sure what to do. So they closed his mouth, and they actually used a different actor. And oh, okay. uh, there was they did an interview with Ryan Reynolds, and he uh, he actually was a fan of the Deadpool comics, and he wasn't happy with the way they portrayed Deadpool either, and was really excited to get the chance to play Deadpool because. Uh, you know, he wants to be, you know, he wants to do it exactly by the comics, breaking the fourth wall, talking to the, the audience, and, and just being that loudmouth mouth with a mouth. I mean, that was, <laughs> when I saw that on Origins, I was completely just so let down, because how do you have the Merc with the mouth with no mouth? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't that, make sense. Yeah. Uh, 
That was actually my first cosplay ever. It was a, a Deadpool. Deadpool, and I did such an awful job at it, but I still have it because I'm so proud that's my first one. <laughs> it doesn't look. It just looks like such a bad Deadpool costume, but I just I love it. Um, did you maybe, make it? Yeah, I made it. Um, I just bought like a red Zentai uh, suit, and then I took liquid latex for the black, and I made his belt. In fact, I, maybe I'll maybe I'll wear it to my next con for a day, just to just to you know see what happens. The nostalgia of it. Yeah. Well, I just got done doing my first cosplay. I went as Wolverine. I'm gonna go ahead and say Hugh Jackman from X Men from X Men Wolverine because that man has gotten systematically huger in every movie. Yeah, have you seen? Have you? I I, I saw a picture of of each Wolverine from each movie side by side, and just like the progression of how much bigger he got, it's incredible. It's ridiculous, especially because one is supposed to happen. Before the others. Yeah. He got... And, and his body's not really supposed to change. Because it, it just grows back to where it was. Yeah. But, you know. Think. I'm okay with it. Hugh Jackman, do what you do. Where can people find you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, your Facebooks? What yeah. do you got? Uh, my uh, my Instagram username is Mickey Larm. And that's just M-I-C-K-E-Y. L A R M. All right. And so I, I made that pretty easy to follow. And then my Twitter is Mick Larm. So without the E Y. So those are the two. You can find me on Facebook just by searching Mickey Larm. I have two. Doesn't matter which one. I use them both. So that's how you find me on there. Uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, and I try to uh, post videos when I can. That one is just uh, Mickey Larm. So right. yeah, I, I try to make it easy. You know, for people, for people, just with your, it's your name, it's your name. There you go. So, all right, we'll try to link people over to your pages and all that other good stuff, and make sure people know. Anything else you want to leave people with? Any message of inspiration, motivation? What I'd have to say is keep being true to yourself, uh, no matter where you're at in fitness or or whatever it is that you're doing. Always remember why you started. Most importantly, make sure that you're doing it for yourself. You know, make sure that you're doing. You know, no, not selfishly, but you know that you're doing it for your own reasons, not because you're trying to be Lou Brigno or because you're trying to be that big guy in the gym, but because you you want to do it for yourself and because that's what you want. I, I kind of lost that for a little bit, and I was like, oh man, I want to, you know, I'm not big as that guy. I need to be as big as that guy, and uh, just don't get caught up in, in that. You know, stay stay true to yourself. I'm not going to let you go just yet. I want to know what happened when you get a little bit more into that, when you were doing it for somebody else or you were trying to measure yourself against somebody else. Well, I, um, you know, once I got, once I started to get that aesthetically pleasing body, I started to, you know, I could see my abs or I could see that vein in my bicep. Um, I would, I would start to look at people and be like, man, I really just want to look like him and, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't look good enough and, and, uh, and I was really getting lost, uh, enveloped in that and, uh, then one day someone came up to me and was like, hey, uh, you know, you, you, uh, should gain about 10 pounds, quit worrying about leaning out and gain 10 pounds and, and, and um, you know, grow bigger, uh, in your arms and in your legs, and then that's, I stopped and I realized that, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this for you, and I'm not doing this for 
anybody else but myself and, and not to be disrespectful because he was a friend of mine and I do consider his opinions valuable and most other things but not that um, I it doesn't you know if I don't want to gain those 10 pounds like that then then you know that's my choice in a way he helped me realize that without even knowing it that's how that that's how that happened um, okay yeah that's awesome yeah um, all it doesn't matter where it comes from but whatever reminder you need is the world's gonna supply it yeah and, and that's why, and I try and bring that message out there. I, you know, I made a YouTube video about it, um, and I try and put that in, you know, in my photos, you know, in, in the captions and stuff, because, uh, um, I, you know, someone may not have that same breakthrough that I did, um, and I feel like that's important to constantly, you know, to remind people, you know, why exactly are you doing this, um, you know, um, because if you're doing it to impress other people, you're not going to stay as motivated as if you're just doing it for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a little bit more hard packed when you're doing something because you feel like it's something that you just need to do for yourself. Self improvement. You know, it's not improvement for others. Because um, all in all, it doesn't really matter what other people think. And I wish I would have realized that when I was younger. You know, when I would I would hide the fact that I was a nerd because because that just it just makes your life not as fun and who cares about what those other people think it's it's more about what you think what you think is fun yeah you know, absolutely just because yeah. someone else doesn't and uh, so yeah I think that's important not just in fitness but in everything that you're doing whether you know because like you know not very many people that I know like to play Diablo um, but I don't let I don't let other people just because someone else doesn't like it doesn't mean I should try and hide that you know, oh yeah I'm absolutely proud of the fact that I like those kind of things heck yeah so Excellent. Mickey, thank you so much, man. All right. Workout nerd out, everybody. As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.